UFOs, Bigfoot, paranormal input. Go ahead now, get mystical. Mystery and magical. UFOs, not typical. Bigfoot, not typical. You ask me why I'm skeptical. I say questions are questionable. Is the truth alien to you? Alien to get my message through. Aliens might message you. Aliens are sliding through. The wild signal will fly to two. Algorithms they find is true. Typical. Skeptic. Shut Got no time for no petty germs, pandemic, a pandemic turn, horror still in Amityville, Bayonet in Gettysburg, Mothman, TNT, Factory, Red Eyes, Loki, Dogman, Howling in the Street, I'm typically skeptic of what I see, Voodoo Hoodoo in New Orleans, Thunderbird, Swamp Thing, is it real, I was wondering, typical, skeptic, show, typical, skeptic, show. Uh, press record. Then I'm going to record. Hey guys, welcome back to the Typical Skeptic Podcast. Wait, are you guys recording on your end? Yeah. Okay. Welcome back to the Typical Skeptic Podcast. I have good friends with me and uh, return guests. I think this is the third time they've been on my show. And who I'm talking about is Paul and Cyan from the Zeta Connection. Their website is www.the-zeta-connection.com. They have real connection with the Zeta ETs. And uh, it's so interesting talking to them and getting their perspective on all, all these different things. Now, just to read their bio, Paul's earliest memories of being visited by the Zeras are from 18 months old. In 1978, Paul and three of his friends witnessed a tic-tac-type craft, and there were more. it was no more than 10 meters away, and the Zetas showed themselves to Paul and his friends. In 2013, a craft physically landed in New South Wales, and 20 people were present. Cyan's earliest memories of contact with the Zeta are from four years of age, where she was introduced to a small boy of a similar age, and then several years later, this turned out to be Paul. Both Sheep and Paul have lived, shared the same memory of onboard craft together. Both Paul and Cyan have clear conscious recall of their contact with beings that they both work with, and they have not needed to undergo any type of regression therapy. Their regular visitation by the Zetas to their home, including craft visits where they've been able to photograph and audibly record. The Zetas have trained Paul from a very early age to engage in contact with them and enables them to work through him. In this way, the Zetas have healed many people and medically proven physical injuries and diseases. Uh, Cyan has been undergoing this training for the last 15 years and is in the early stages of the same process. Paul's training with the Zetas has enabled them to communicate much information over the years that has been studied by scientists as such. Many books have been written, co-authored, and retired ex-government communication scientists, such as A Primer of the Zeta Race and the Zeta Interviews. Paul and Cyan's latest book, The Zeta Mind, is a shorthand book for individuals who wish to learn and study uh, safe uh, safe contact with extraterrestrial races and again the website is www.the-zetaconnection.com and i want to give them a big warm welcome to the show thank you thank you for coming on how are you oh, we're really good. good thanks just uh like you just really busy yeah doing lots of different things yeah yeah we haven't haven't really stopped since we last speaking with you we managed to put together all our teachings in a big website and doing lots of courses now lots of uh tuition with people, learning how to contact races and develop mediumship. Well, that, that's so interesting. But when, when Paul, when you messaged me, you said you guys have been doing all kinds of stuff, like as far as like implants, protection, yeah. with mm -hmm. natural issues, healings. Um, I'd love to get into all this in each separate category and how it, it pertains, like, because it seems like you can help a lot of people because it still seems like people are being like affected by things like that where they yep. require protection they require they're getting hexed by witchcraft they're having astral issues wherever you want to start off but do you want to start with implants first 
Well, Robert, that list that you just went through was just this week. Yeah, that was literally just this last week. <laughs> so that, like, we get a we get a wide range of people. Um, we, mm. We've uh, we've got our own educational portal, so we teach. Um, uh, we've also got uh, uh, self paced courses that are video courses for people. We we were getting so many people that needed energy clearing and protection that mm. we decided just to record a course and just put it up onto our portal and that can be found through our website. Yeah. Um, wow. I mean, we teach uh, online we teach workshops every week physically as well. Uh, things on how to contact guides, how to uh, do healing, yeah? uh, mental mediumship, clairvoyant, uh, talking about how to contact extraterrestrials as well. And how to protect yourself. How to protect yourself, how to uh, astral travel and do it properly without bringing back any type of residual energies, how to close portals. <laughs> uh, boy, oh boy. I mean, we're, we're open to any questions that you may have. So if you've been working with anybody or people have told you things that you're not sure about, maybe we can uh, clarify some of that stuff for you as well. Well, let's start off with like the, the, the implants. Like what, what kind of implants are you seeing people having and do you clear those? And like, what, what's up with that? Yeah. Implants is a um, really interesting subject because it ranges from implants that we give ourselves, which is subconscious implants, uh, all the way through to extraterrestrial implants. But of course, in between that, we've got categories of implants that are, that are psychic implants, energy implants, uh, spiritual attachments, those sorts of things. And so when people come to us uh, and they have a one-on-one appointment with us, what we do is we talk to them, we um, help them to understand what's taking place within their energy, energetic body. And in doing so, we're able to look at, well, is this an etheric implant? Is it just an energy implant? Is it a, a, a multidimensional biological implant as well? You probably wouldn't have heard about them before, but they do exist. Uh, people should generally see an uh, increase in their health after an implant's removed as well. Um, implants uh, are difficult to uh, see as well, mm. uh, difficult to work out whether a person actually has one. We had someone this week who believed that they had a reptilian implant, but we, we, they, we knew that they didn't have one. That was the difference. Uh, we could tell that they didn't have one. The Zetas have trained us uh, to, to see these types of uh, implants. Uh, so it was more about just understanding what was causing the issue rather than just heading straight towards implant territory. How do you tell, like, what, well, how do you differentiate between an implant, like between like an etheric implant, for say, for example, and then like an implant that an ET has placed there. And then to follow up on that, why would an ET place an implant? Like, if you don't mind. Yeah, so that's, that's a really good question. So some extraterrestrial races, they don't care about human, humanity's free will. Uh, there, what they do is, is they make promises, so they'll implant with a small amount of technology, uh, and that technology actually then links that person to the extraterrestrial race. Uh, the, the trade-off for that person is that they may feel well initially, but then, of course, they're being drained energetically by that race as well. And there is a couple of races that specifically do that. It, it takes a lot of training uh, and deep trance work as well 
uh, over many years to be able to accurately define what's going on with the energy with the person because you don't always just want to jump to it's got to be that it could be any an array of a million things it could just be simply influence that they've created for themselves so these type of uh, implants etheric implants are often given to people who work with extraterrestrials uh, things like um, I'll give you an example so we had a person who um, <clears throat> had problems hearing a few uh, years ago and the Zetas gave them an etheric ear and that would be classed as an etheric implant. Mm -hmm. That etheric implant is documented uh, and studied as well. And it's in the book, A Primer of the Zeta Race. Mm -hmm. And that uh, etheric implant is still working and the person's able to hear, even though they've got limited capacity to physically hear, they're able to hear quite well mm -hmm. because of that. So when we talk about implants, we don't just go, okay, let's chuck them all in the bad basket. There's a real problem with that. Implants can also be multidimensional implants where what happens is the symbols that a person brings in to their body uh, is then amplified and used by the extraterrestrials and the hybrid to then uh, help their abilities actually grow. You could call that an ascension process that a person moves into their abilities mm -hmm. and understands their true nature and who they are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's a, that's another great question. Like, um, are you seeing with a lot of your clients that that people are moving into their abilities? And do you think this has to do with like an awakening process? Yeah, I mean, that that's one of the reasons we um, try to uh, amalgamate and combine all our teachings into one place on this portal. So we can teach people uh, to help them understand that many of these abilities that we read about on the internet as part of the ascension process, that they, they have those abilities themselves already. Yes. And it's just simply a question of unlocking them with training and uh, you know practice. And we can actually already operate as a multi-dimensional 3D being right now. Yeah. You know, a lot of people, when they think about ascension, they, there's some strange ideas floating around on the internet. Like some people envisage themselves dissolving into an etheric reality um you know all sorts of manner of different opinions out there but we understand it from a from the zeta perspective which is we're, we're existing as 3d people with multi-dimensional capacity already you know when we communicate with spirit people that's not a physical process so so what what's going on there that that's an energy-based process a, dimensional based process the same when we dream when we astral travel when we project out of body these are already things we're doing as humans living in a 3d existence but not 3d processes they're energetic processes they're mm. 4d 5d you know so that's that's very much what we mm. are about is enabling people to understand that they're capable of so much more at this point right now they don't yeah. need to dissolve into nothingness to be able to do this and that's what the zetas have been saying as well they've always said this so it's mm -hmm. in the books uh that humans actually have the ability right now to be part of the internal ascension process yeah it's not about uh you know relinquish relinquishing responsibility for being physical it's about utilizing the fact that you're in a 3d space but activating that uh, multi-dimensional ability process that mm -hmm. a person has and there's there's multiple ways of doing that can you get into some of that? Because I'd love to hear. Because because I'm trying to come into my abilities myself. Like, what what are, what should we be? I mean, is it like meditation? Is it raising your frequency? 
Is it, yeah. um, you know, like what, what would you say, or is that, you know what I mean? Yeah. So generally what happens is, is if we start looking at what are the intricate components to actual ascension, the first thing we need to do is we need to acknowledge ourselves as physical 3D beings, because until we start mm -hmm. to have the conversations with ourselves, do a little bit of shadow work, talk to the inner child, understand um, our uh, authenticity, our divinity, then what takes place is then once we've done that, we can acknowledge ourselves as being sovereign entities. Now, once we do that, we can then move forward in understanding our consciousness and how does that consciousness fit in with this reality? Because it's a blended nature that we, that we hold. Mm -hmm. We can do that through things like mindfulness, observation. Uh, these are the rudimentary fundamentals of it. And once we've done that and through meditation, we can then start to move into um, what are called uh, sort of gateway methodologies. And these gateway methodologies revolve around states of compression, uh, quantum shifts, uh, shifts in consciousness, uh, breath work. And when we teach people how to move through these states using their breath work and meditation, even some trance work as well, deep trance, uh, what happens is people start to step into their own uh, natural born abilities that they have. That's amazing. That's, that's so interesting. Like I, I, I'm, I'm, I feel like my abilities are, are starting to wake up in myself. So that's why I wondered, like, am I, I wondered if I'm doing things right, but like, it seems like there's a lot more to the process than just, you know, um, the meditation. Like I, I love yeah. how you put it. Like it, it's, 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 it's very interesting. Well, the thing is, Robert, is when we start to think about our guides, let's imagine that your capacity to work is, is at your fullest potential, your 100% capacity is here. So when guides first start, we're here, we're, we're in this gap here. And as we start to develop more and more and more and more, the, this could be a spirit person that's working with us to help us increase our potential. Then we start to understand our own multidimensional aspects Next thing you know, we're working within this range, but we've still got spirit people in here. What we need to do then is to move into our race contact, whereas that's our point of origin training. Uh, we also may need to work with gatekeepers. And so if this is the full capacity of us, we may still only be here. But utilising all of the training that we get from our guides mm. uh, and our support mechanisms from our races, what we can do is we can utilize our own extraterrestrial nature, our own uh, hybrid symbiotic relationship that we have with ourselves, and we can move into this full extended range of our abilities. And that means that when we're working with somebody, whether it's on energy work, astral traveling, implant, what, whatever it is, we're working across the whole range. We're not just working in here and trying to work out from here what the problem is with someone. So this is why people need to understand that ascension is this. It's part of that. This is part of it. But that is ascension. That is a true multidimensional nature, that framework. That's interesting. Now, one thing, another thing that you mentioned in the list that you sent me was that you're, you're dealing with a lot of people, at least this week, that have protection issues and witchcraft issues. Like, this makes me think like that what are people still hexing and cursing people and 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 is that really working and or is this more of a belief in the mind or what are your thoughts on that well the thing is is uh, if we take a common example somebody 
goes online and start is very interested in you know say elemental magic or uh, you know any type of different energetic process or they may even be looking at uh, working with spirits from from a genuine heart those people are seeking contact and that's fine that's what they do and uh, generally based around wiccan practices those sorts of things and it always starts off fine it always starts off fine and it can continue to be fine for the, for a person's life it's when the the person somehow goes a little bit off track or maybe reads the wrong information or possibly uses the wrong intention maybe their intention wasn't clear enough then what happens is they start to have problems now uh, they come to us for help that's that i want to make that quite clear we don't automatically then just jump straight to worst case best case scenario we just sit and listen to what people have been saying uh quite often it's more about saying well you know from a shamanic perspective you know that would have been in the past classes witchcraft but from a shamanism perspective you know what do you think would be a better thing for you to do would it be right now to stop working in that area and and create a more concrete uh relationship with your gatekeeper or guide because so my point is we you, there is not one one solution fits all but we do see people you know this and that and mm -hmm. towards each other and all the rest of it but in the end when the person comes to us we just say to them look it's about your own uh your own abilities your own energy uh how clear are you what do you feel what does your altar look like uh what sort of things on your altar do you have how are you utilizing those things are you working with the best of intention for people as well because you can't mix it up you can't say well you're going to be do this with the best of intention and then do that with the worst of intention and expect that there isn't some sort of ramification for that yeah and, and what, what do you think people are tapping into when they're tapping into like you know the witchcraft is it but would it be more like demonic or is you believe that the demonic is a, is an our entities and yeah so you know we've got a wide range of energies that people can work with all the way from just earth energies uh, astral energies elemental energies spirits uh extraterrestrials uh yep there can be demonic entities as well if people wish to work with them definitely there are witches that do and they're, they're quite comfortable working with them i've got um people that i know that work with them as well um and so it's up to the person as to what they wish to work with uh, we don't tell people you shouldn't work with that that's none of our business it's more about saying well what are you doing with the, your abilities that you have and the in entities that you're working with and mm -hmm. some people would say to you that they're working over here with demonic entities but doing the best possible thing that they could other people could be working over here with elementals and doing the worst possible thing that they could so it's up to the individual and the energies that they work with as to how they're producing and manifesting and what type of level of wholeness they're producing in other people's lives and their own as well better off to work with love across a wide range than any type of negative energy but you said some there's sometimes where it goes astray like someone might read some information wrong information and that's how this type of things where they where a negative energy kind of comes into the your energy field right right well no what we, we had a situation where a young person and you know this is how uh, innocent the whole the whole process was that 
the person wanted to uh, get closer to their their boyfriend, you know. And so what they did was uh, they created a little doll, an effigy, and uh, through specific processes that we won't discuss here, they then linked themselves to their boyfriend. And then when we found out about it, we were like, well, okay, what was your intention? And, you know, like, how does this, how, how are you making it work? We then contacted some people and had a talk with them about it and then realised that we needed to deconstruct what had taken place. So there's plenty of people out there that are doing these sorts of things. I don't think that a lot of people actually realise what they're doing when they're doing it. Mm. They're just, you know, a lot of them are just younger people that don't really know. Mm. And probably have no idea of their ability level, um, no idea of the level of influence that they they may hold Mm. until something actually happens. Yeah, until it sort of turns sideways Mm. and... Then they're going, okay, well, I didn't expect that. Yeah, as much as a surprise to them, you know. What's so weird is I I feel like I've been being bothered by an entity, but I never did anything to uh, start up. Like me and my girlfriend, we were out at breakfast the other day and she saw like marks on my neck. And I had told her before that I felt like there was something grabbing me at night. And and the ladies I interviewed, Dr. Kim, told me that, that I have like a succubus bothering me. But it's, it's weird. It doesn't bother me all the time. It's not like something that's like all the time. And it's not even something that's really noticeable. I mean, it's, it's kind of like I'll just be sleeping and I'll feel something kind of like touching my body. And I'm like, well, this is weird. What do I do with this? You know, and I kind of just leave it alone. But then when we saw the marks on my neck, we kind of like kind of took a step back and we were like, well, what do we do now? And then I started burning sage. And, you know, I wasn't even sure if that would work. I'm, I'm like a real rookie when it comes to these matters. You know what I mean? And so did that work? I, I think so. I use this uh, Polo Santo. I have it right here. It's like a smudge spray. I put it in a diffuser. You know, it's like a white sage smudge spray. And I yeah. put that it put that in the diffuser because I didn't want to burn. So, um, yeah. you know, that, that kind of sprayed like a nice mist around. And then also I did some like protection type of stuff. Like, and it seems yeah. like it, it, it hasn't... Um, it hasn't come back, but I'm just wondering like how these things can come into our life. Anyway, I was thinking this, Paul, I was thinking, and Cyan, I was thinking maybe if you do podcasts and you talk about this stuff, because the first time that we noticed the entity was during a podcast. I, and I don't know if I told you about this before I was on a, a podcast with a psychic Liz cross and we noticed the entity in my room. She was like, Oh, it's there. She's a psychic. She could tell she's like, it's behind you. And then we saw like an impression of it kind of ingrained in the wood and then when people went back and watched the podcast so a couple people commented they said yeah we, we they think they saw it you know but it's not 100 percent for sure like but um can 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 you can yeah. you summon not summon something but like can you bring an energy into your life just by doing something that's like talking on a podcast about things or being around like um people who are open to it i guess yeah so Let's, this is a really complicated area and I'm not just going to smooth over this, you know, like, so basically uh, we are beings of consciousness and what happens is, is that when we talk to each other, we exchange and interchange energy with each other and we also exchange consciousness. You're talking to me, I'm talking to you. Uh, generally, when we're talking to people, if they've got energetic issues with them, uh, they could transfer stuff to us as well but we have to be aware of that. The more we delve into these areas, the more we see that 
uh, because we are beings of consciousness, that we need to do what's called spiritual hygiene practices, where on a daily basis we need to acknowledge the energy around us. We need to acknowledge how uh, we're being affected by energy. And this is where the uh, methodologies of protection come in, that we need to understand that uh, we need to uh, specifically set boundaries in a way that we understand our own energy. Because, and I'll say this very clearly to people, if you don't understand your own energy, you can't tell what energies are coming to you. And that's the problem. So you could be the best person in the world, but you get involved with somebody that's got a bit of stuff with them. Next thing you know, you've got all that stuff with you as well. And your intention was never to have that with you as well. It seems like it's some sort of interloper process. And we also know that um, in the extraterrestrial phenomenon, we're talking about the hitchhiker effect as well. So a lot of this stuff takes, you know, happens. But, but for the fans that don't know, can you explain the hitchhiker effect? Uh, supposedly when people are part, you know, working with, you know, sort of extraterrestrials that uh, ultimately or they may have had some contact in a C5 event, uh, the, somebody else ends up with the phenomenon with them going home with them. Yeah, I think it's pretty yeah. amazing. Yeah. So, but anyway, like, you know, I know about Incubus and Succubus and we sort of have dealt with some of this stuff over the years. Um, generally, it's based in uh, frequency and energy. So let, let's be quite clear. If you've got uh, a level of fear or um, uh issues, subconscious issues, you, you will easily accept that sort of stuff to you because uh, you don't understand what's going on around you. But for a person that knows their guides properly, the guides will correctly identify the being and then will notify you because you've got free will as to what's in your energy space and will actively work with you to clear your space. That's why people need to know their guides because without guides, you generally um, are pretty um, isolated in regards to the amount of information that you get. Guides work around us. Guides hold our space for us. And they, in that, that holding of that space, they're able to say, look, there's something around you. There's something that's coming to you. Uh, and in doing so, uh, what would you like to do about it? And you say, well, to the guide, okay, I need for you to train me how to either increase or decrease my etheric body. The other thing is that it could be when you're asleep. So when you're asleep, you've got, you're being bothered by astral entities and they're just thought forms, things like servitors, egregore, tuplas. Now, these things are creational processes that people create these entities, these subconscious schisms, yeah? But they give them energy and they create them and they give them life in the astral. And then, of course, next thing you know, they're bothering the living or the bothering the people that are asleep. Mm -hmm. And uh, people generally need to be trained in those areas to understand how to, uh, you know, sleep safely, sleep carefully, uh, protect yourself when you're asleep as well. And I don't mean by casting spells or these sorts of things. I'm just talking about the, the simple stuff of spiritual hygiene keeping yourself clear, keeping your mind clear, uh, you know, not uh, involving yourself in behaviours that are going to cause you to be working at a, at a very low level of frequency. 
Well, I got a good question. I was thinking, going back to what you said a little bit before, like, how do we understand our energy a little bit more? Like, how is it easier to understand our energy? And then how is it beyond that? How can we start to connect with our guides? Yeah, yeah. Well, um, the thing about energy is, is, is people need to understand their own energy. And the way that they do that is basically they need to sit and meditate. They need to understand uh, how to find out whereabouts is their etheric body around them. So a simple example is I can put my hands together. And of course, just by rubbing my hands, it's, it gets warm. And so that's the first thing. But if I want to, I can then hold my hands apart and I can start to sit there and focus on it. And some people would say it's chi. Other people would just say it's their own etheric body. But once you understand where the, the etheric body is, you can then start to work out where it is around you. And, and of course, if we're out shopping, we don't want our etheric body out a long way. We want our etheric body in because we, we're like computer systems. We're constantly re, uh, creating levels of input for ourselves psychologically and energetically. Once we understand where our energy bodies are, uh, and this isn't something that just happens in two minutes, what happens is we can then work out, well, hang on, I can feel or sense this energy around me and it's external to me. And then we need to work out, well, if it's external to me, what is this energy and how is it influencing me? I'll give you an example. You're talking to your partner or you're talking to a friend you're exchanging love with each other because that is an energy of love, uh, the consciousness love. Next thing you know, you're turning around, you've gone out and you've bumped into somebody and they start yelling at you. You're exchanging energy with that person because they're, they're angry. Yeah. So if those two different situations, it's the, the energy is still outside of you, you need to work out what the difference is. Now, some energy is uh, neutral. And so you need to work out initially, is the energy, this pressure that I'm feeling, is this something that's trying to influence me in a way that I don't want to be influenced? Uh, where is my sovereignty in this? Uh, you know, have I been truly authentic in regards to uh, how I've been working with another person? We see this a lot with people that do healing. So they do a lot of healing and they end up with a lot of problems themselves because a lot of the energetic attachments from people then move into the person's etheric structure and their etheric body. Now, do we make choices against our free will that like we don't know about? Like, I guess that would be like soul contracts that we maybe sign when we come into this world, if that exists. And, and then, or do we make packs with entities uh, that we might not know about or, or, you know, that we might not consciously know about, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Like that, that there's somewhere where we make an unconscious decision that the soul made or, or, or some other part of us. Does that make sense? Or, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, um, the first thing I guess there is to look at, look at the definition of uh, soul. You know, what is soul? For us, soul is, is the consciousness that we are formed of. And uh, there are many people, 30% of the population are, are hybrid souls or hybrid consciousness. And what that means to us, as explained by the Zetas, is that a portion of uh, everybody, regardless of whether they're a hybrid, requires consciousness from spirit realm. That without a spirit consciousness in your body, you will not, you'll not be alive. They enliven the, the physical form. 
the hybrids have a portion of their consciousness from an extraterrestrial being or race. Mm. The two come together and uh, form form the consciousness of the person. We call that the local construct of the person. That all sits in our physical bodies, our containers, and, and that's how we go about our lives. Now, there there are, I mean, so of course, you know, if, you, if you're a spirit person, you will have decided probably, um, we, you, we call them micro and macro. Yeah. You would have decided the macro, um, environment for your life yeah so so the big the big decisions but as you go along in your life you will obviously fill those gaps in with all the smaller decisions that we make on a day-to-day basis and all of that with the extraterrestrial component of course you've then got more you've come from a race the race has a reason for incarnating into the the human form and working with that with that spirit consciousness and so yes you can argue that there are uh you know contractual arrangements if you want to look at it that way um before birth the we work with a lot of uh abductees experiences of extraterrestrial contact who believe they're being abducted and they don't understand why it's terrifying it's scary etc etc that's what we we do with a lot of our day a lot of the time, these people are being visited by their own race. And what they don't understand is that they were always going to be visited by their race. And because they don't understand the contact, they feel like their free will has been impinged upon, that they're not respecting them. They don't want the visits. You know, they don't understand it. Of course, what we don't understand, we fear. And, you know, it brings up a whole load of issues that we work with them to to resolve and so they have a fuller understanding of what's going on around them so you know when when we're looking at you know breaches of free will in regards to contractual arrangements a lot of it is misunderstood yeah remembering that we've got a lot of stuff around us so we've also got things like but all the uap disclosure that's currently taking place has been going on for the last few years Initially, you know, people like myself that were contacted or abducted, if you want to say, in the beginning, you know, 60 years ago, uh, we didn't have social media. There wasn't a platform to even talk about this. Next thing you know, you've got all these people going out there. They're now doing CE5. They're, they're calling. They're summoning craft. They're summoning extraterrestrials. They're summoning entities. They don't know what they're bringing into their lives. And because they say, well, this is what we hear all the time, Oh, you know, I did it with the best of intention and uh, I, I was working in the highest possible frequency. My uh, attitude to that is, is that's good if your guides told you that you should be doing that. But if you're just doing that as a, as a bit of a lark, you know, just with some friends, I'll go out and call or summon something, there's going to be some, some issues there in regards to that. You know, people need to understand that, that there's a bit of a price to pay doing things when you're not trained to do them as well i was going to say where do we go with that like um i guess what i'm trying to say is um how how do people how are you helping people sort out their contact as far as like if it is some if it is their race that's but yeah so let me try to think about how i want to say this like no that's okay i mean i know what you're saying so when we're trying to clarify what are people's, we, we call this the point of origin training. Okay? Yeah. Myself and Simon, we mentor people. So we get people that are, are very advanced in, in, in specific areas 
they come to us because they're looking for specific training tailored for them. And so we ask them, what is it that they're looking for? They go, well, I've got a certain level of contact, but I really want to take it to the next level. And then we, we talk to them about that. So for us, when we're working with people, it may be that they've only just started off. We, we work at that level. We give them what's called a point of origin sitting with the Zetas and the Zetas talk to them about where they're from, what function they perform on planet, uh, and then what function they should be performing here as well. That would reference what they did when they previously incarnated to here. Uh, once we've done that, we then start teaching them all the methods for proper contact, not just, you know, sort of rela- allowing any entity to come, but absolutely safe and controlled contact with their, own. with their own race. And once that takes place, their own race starts working with them because they see that their hybrid now has levels of clarity in their life. You see how we do it, Robert? We do it carefully, stage by stage. We take, we take people through week by week with the work that they need to do. It's up to them to do that work. We find, and we run classes all the time, we find that everybody's very dedicated because they realise, they see how others are moving forward in their contact mm-hmm. and they want that for themselves. Yeah. It's also a very healing yeah. uh, healing journey for them. You know, most hybrids, when they come to realise, okay, you know, I really do feel like I'm from somewhere else and, you know, this is kind of driving me potty now and I really have to have these answers. Once they actually find out where they're from, you know, it can make uh, their entire lives makes sense to them you know all the difficulties they've had in understanding aspects of humanity whether maybe they've felt like they'd never fit in with general mainstream society all these little different aspects of a a person it's a very healing experience it certainly was uh, for me (laughs) all those years ago i think that's amazing and what i was going to say is so so when we look at the contact phenomena as a whole are we seeing like a, a large uh, proportion of positive experiences and then uh, is it also that there's trying a fear narrative being pushed so yeah. they kind of spin it into that it's a negative contact experience to kind of scare people away from you know like the same old thing that they've been doing for years is that you know what yeah. i mean is that kind of what's well going on? The, the thing is is we need to understand that this is a multifaceted experience you you've got people that just Day one, let's say it's day one. Next thing you know, you start seeing stuff around you. It could be something in the astral that you're seeing or it could be you developing your own psychic abilities. And then, of course, you could have spirit people that you're now starting to see. And that's level one, you know. And then level two is um, you may now be having some level of extraterrestrial contact for whatever reason. And then you're now dealing with the phenomenon because the phenomenon actually travels in frequency and consciousness with extraterrestrials. I'll give you an example. Any time that the Zetas are around, there's a residual energy for three days. And those three days, people can be around us and say, oh, wow, you know, like I can really sense that there's extraterrestrial energy around you guys. That's the phenomenon. And people need to understand that the phenomenon isn't just that. It's many things. I'll give you an example. Go outside, you look into the sky, you ask to see a craft, and you're with a group of people, and next thing is a flash of light. Is it really true that an extraterrestrial craft is sitting out there or is it that it's just reflected back your own consciousness to the group? Because the truth is, if it's really a craft and you had contacted it via consciousness, step two would have been to say as a group, please come closer. 
bring the craft closer to us. But you'll find that people generally don't do that because they don't want to challenge their phenomenon. They do not want to channel, challenge their uh, level of evidence that they're getting. And this is the first thing that we teach people is that they need to challenge the evidence that they're giving themselves. Just because someone says to you that you've got a succubus with you or you've got this or you've got that, and then you run off and start to sage yourself, what you need to do is you need to sit back and go, well, I'm not really sure how true that is. You, you should really always be sceptical in regards to that because if you're not sceptical in regards to it, you start buying into it. And that's the first thing that we say to people is, look, for a start, don't buy into the fear of that. It's the same with extraterrestrial contact. Don't buy into the fear of extraterrestrial contact. Yes, there are reptilians and there are this and there are that, and yes, they can cause issues. But if you hold the line with your own, with your own consciousness, if you hold the line by doing meditation and breathing practices, holding your energy, the beings may come, but they won't get very far. They'll just go off and do annoy somebody else. That's why it's really important for people to understand it contact and spirit contact and ET contact and the phenomenon is not just one thing. It is a wide, wide, very wide range of things that take place. That's amazing. Now, uh, let me ask you this. What are, are people having more physical experiences, astral experiences, etheric? What, what would you say? Like, were these? It's mostly astral. It's mm-hmm. mostly astral because the astral is a collation of all thoughts that have ever been had by all beings. And so every thought that you ever had exists in the astral and is around you. Mm-hmm. When you go to sleep at night, you just lift up out of your body and you sit in the astral and you, you move into your dreamscapes, you have your lucid dreaming processes, your non-lucid dreaming processes. You may have your sleep paralysis process as well. And because you're in these, uh, say, a sleep paralysis process and you're feeling a lot of fear, you believe you're awake, but your body's frozen, you're sensing or seeing stuff around you, basically all you're really doing is you're now alert in the astral. And because of the fear-based narrative from the subconscious mind, what it's doing is projecting itself into the astral and you're experiencing fear, okay? So uh, with... um, the astral contacts that are taking place, uh, people are, a lot of people now are trying to astral travel. Well, I want to astral travel. I want to do this. I want to do that. I always say to people when I'm teaching astral traveling, think about how you feel now. You should have a staged, implemented approach to astraling. Come back, you should be at exactly the same energy. If you come back and you're here, this means that you've got residual energy with you from the astral experience. You need to resolve that. You always need to resolve any energetic experience. It doesn't matter whether you're working deep trance states, altered trance, channeling. If you start off here, go up here, do whatever you need to do, and then come back, but you're not exactly where you were when you left, those residual energies that you hold with you could cause you issues, okay? And those issues could then exponentially increase every time that you go and try and, and do something, whether it's a healing or, or whatever, it doesn't matter what it is, you need to remember that you need to always come back and ground. And grounding is one of the most important things that people need to do and clear their energy. Let me ask you this. Uh, oh, I just lost my track of thought. Oh, um, 
as far as like breath work and stuff like that, how does that work? Like what kind of breath work would you, I mean, I don't want you to give away all your secrets, but like, how should we be using breath work to benefit us in a, in a, in a, you know, yeah, in a that's state? That's fine. Yeah. So breath work is uh, been around obviously since the day you were born, you, you know, like you took a breath and you'll continue on until the day you take your last breath. That's the same for all of us. What we know is about breath work is breath work contains every gateway, every doorway that you ever need to do anything. You, you have the ability through your breath work to be able to clear yourself. The breath work contains all of the harmonics that are required for you to uh, move through to the states of ascension, to meet your guides. Your, your, uh, there are specific techniques, and yes, I, I won't be discussing them on, on here, but there are techniques that you can learn that help you to define who you are in these energetic states. So to move into spirit realm, to move into extraterrestrial contact, to move into more grounded states. With grounding, going up generally is the way to clear. But we also need to reverse that in a staged approach and come back to our normal space, our normal grounded energy. That's amazing. Um, and, and you guys also do trance work as well. Now, this is where you yeah. get into a trance and you can actually channel the Zetas. Like, and, yeah. and you perform healings when you're in these states, correct? They do, absolutely. So uh, the way that I evidenced the trance states was that uh, when the, the, the Zetas were talking through me, uh, somebody said to them, well, why don't you bring a craft? And they said, oh, okay. And so two weeks later... <clears throat> they bought a craft and they landed and about 10 or 15 Zetas came out and walked around. There was 20 of us there waiting for them. Um, the, the most unheard story you've ever heard in your life. And so the thing is, is that uh, I then realised that these beings that had been visiting me for many years were then willing to, on occasions, show themselves to other humans and to give other humans healings as well. People like Kathleen Martin, Betty and Barney Hill's niece, she uh, has documented that she was healed by the Zetas through myself and the Zetas. Uh, William Trinit, the scientist that helped us write a primer of the Zeta race and the Zeta interviews, he was healed as well. He's got, do he's got documented imagery of that. So the best thing about you as a person and your ability to move into these states of connectedness is that you move into your true nature. And so when we move into our true nature, we are empowered by that. We're able to help and support people as well. We're able to help people clear. We're able to help people learn about their breath work, their grounded states, their contact, their spirit contact, their ET contact as well. That's amazing. Now, are, you, are most of your clients having multiple forms of contact? Would you say people are seeing spirits, people are seeing ETs? Like, is this becoming more common? And let me ask you this. Do you think if people are, is it because of what we're going through right now? Could it be as, as, as complicated as like our position in the in the center of the galactic universe that we're that more? I know Gerald Clark talked about this, where he thought more like bands of energy were coming into like our consciousness which was you know evolutionizing like humanity which could have might have made us open up to more experiences what, what do you think the the people we're we're working with uh are coming to us generally because they want to be able to control what's going on around them and that ranges right the way through to from you know astral 
to spirits to to extraterrestrials so you know we really do have the full <laughs> range of of beings working with these people just in an uncontrolled way mm. um and so you know that's where we're spending our time um in terms of of an increase in that absolutely that's um yeah i mean there's a two twofold thing to that you know the, the hybridization consciousness hybridization we're talking about the 30 percent of the human population was a you know was done to help raise the consciousness of humanity and so that was that was always hoped for by the extraterrestrial races who participate in in that ongoing um uh, process. process thank you um so so yeah we, we, you know and i'm sure it's more than 30 percent now um and of course as those people are born and grow up and develop and you know we have access to everything we do obviously their their abilities are activating earlier and earlier and you know we're seeing that general rise across the population in terms of um more specifically uh, a few years ago zetas told us that the the astral fabric would blend more with our normal everyday uh, of amplification. existence yeah do you want to talk about that yeah, so the Zetas were looking on the timeline and what they do is they use a synthetic quantum environment. Now, the SQEs, they allow them to take an image, uh, a copy of the current timeline, and they embed it into the SQE. Uh, these SQEs are also used as jump room technology and planetary technology, all these sorts of things. But in doing so, when they looked at the timeline, they did this process. When you observe something, Robert, you change it. That's the first thing. So when they were in the SQE, what they did was they had multiple Zetas to observe specific points on the timeline. And what they did was within an infinite second, they were able to create a secondary copy in a secondary SQE. And that timeline was then unchangeable because it was rebuilt from observation. So think about that. We've got our normal timeline we're on. A copy of the timeline was taken and observed. And just as the changes were about to take place because of the observation, the timeline was moved into a second SQE. On that second SQE, it was seen that humanity was moving towards a singularity. And the singularity means that there would be potential for consciousness and AI to exist in the future together uh, with the human species. The Zetas said, okay, this is all about to happen. People, consciousness is about to increase. Uh, this was two years ago. And we have seen an exponential increase in uh, people's uh, contact, people's spirit contact, people's energetic contact, things coming to people. It really has increased. And I think the issue is that a lot of people haven't been able to uh, correctly uh, acclimatise or acclimate the energy mm. towards them and around them. And in doing so, what they've done is, a lot of people, is they've just moved into a fear-based narrative. Yeah, and, and so how do we get transcend that fear-based narrative? Is it just knowing more of what your contact is, like you said before? Yeah, it's absolutely, it's, 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 when I say it's as simple as that, it's actually as simple as that. So the, the more you understand about your true nature, the more you're able to ride the wave of the uh, energetic amplification of the timeline. And as you're able to do that, you're moving up into higher states of frequency 
ascension, remember, and I know that people, we, we don't call the Galactic Federation the Galactic Federation, we call them the Council of Nine. We work with the Council of Nine. Uh, we could say, if you want the Galactic Federation, that, that's fine. But of course, to work with these beings, they expect that you're up in frequency as well, and that you're sensible and that you will evidence what you, they're doing with you as well. So we've had plenty of them come and talk to us to all these different things. So we need to understand that as humans, as singular human entities, we have personal responsibility to move up in frequency, to understand our own nature of ascension and our own consciousness. And in doing so, we can then step into the energy rather than the energy making us feel like we're about to fall off our chair. That's interesting. Well, I don't have any other questions. Is there anything else you wanted to cover for the night before we finish up? I think it's been a really interesting conversation, Robert. We've we've sort of covered, covered a about a hundred different topics um, hopefully people will be able to sort of sit back and think about some of the things that uh, we've talked about if they want to contact us contact yeah, us on uh, Vita, zeta underscore events at hotmail.com or uh, go to our website and have a look around there's a lot of stuff on there yeah there's a lot more information about a lot of the stuff we've talked about yeah. on the website so people can read that. plus we've got our youtube channel the zeta connection so there's actually a good video on there about um protection and we just did one on the reptilians as oh, well, as well. Mm. oh i'm gonna have to check that yeah. out because that that sounds interesting <laughs> like i i love doing these podcasts because i think this will find people who need guidance from you guys yeah, like yeah. they'll find you yeah. through this and and i love that because then they can get the help they need from you and yeah. try to understand their situation a lot better right that, yeah. that's it that's what it's all about support heck yeah well, thank you guys so much. It was right. really nice talking to you again, and I can't wait to do it again. I, this was this was all, thank you. Thank all right, you, Robert. Robert, and and you look after yourself, Robert. I and, 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 and and from a daily perspective, meditate and clear your energy. Look after yourself. Thank you. Everybody. I appreciate it. Okay. Have a good night. Bye.